Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith. We shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is Don Wilkins. He is an Owensboro native, and he is the features editor for the Messenger Inquirer. He's a journalist, an amazing journalist. He's an author, songwriter, guitar lover, and recently started a YouTube channel called BOE Records, a mobile and social media vinyl records channel. And Don, there's so much I didn't know about you. So welcome to Shape by Faith. Well, I, I appreciate it, uh, Teresa. And um, I, I hope you have a, a lot of time on your hands because I could talk about vinyl records uh, for a very long time. Well, now we are on a limited time, but it's okay. We can have you on again, and I'm fascinated with what you do, really. Um, and I, I wanted the listeners uh, to hear what you do. So let's just talk music right now. So what music did you grow up listening to? Well, I grew up mainly in the in the 80s. That was my formative years growing up. And so a lot of 80s uh, artists, uh, you know, Growing up, uh, I listened to, um, you know, whether it be The Cars, Van Halen, um, gosh, uh, The Go-Go's, um, you know, of course, Michael Jackson was big uh, during that time, um, you know, but I always uh, have always been, a, a, I guess my, my main uh, influence has always been Elvis. So uh, I've always gone to Elvis for everything, and I and I will and I'll always say that no one has ever done it better. Oh, I agree with you. Now, now, why do you say Elvis? Um, you know, how are you attached to him, and and share that with us? So, whenever I was a child, uh, my grandmother, who is uh, who is also a big spiritual influence on me, and and I credit her her uh, prayers, uh, you know, for that I didn't even know about, you know, uh, getting me through life and protecting me through all, you know, through everything. But, she, you know, she, Elvis was her favorite artist and, and she had, um, you know, vinyl records of Elvis and one of the records she would play from him uh, is his gospel record, How Great Their Art. And, and just a little, you know, side a fact about that, that he only won two Grammys for his music and they were both for his uh, gospel uh, records. And so that particular one right there, um, you know, won a, a Grammy for him. And, and, and it's an interesting record because one on one side has, you know, faster gospel tunes. And then on the other side of it, side B uh, has kind of slower gospel songs on it. And uh, so she would play that and it just resonated with me. And, um, and it always reminds me of her. So I have a sentimental attachment uh, two records to vinyl and to Elvis and to my grandmother because of, of that influence. And that's amazing that you had your grandmother um, and she influenced your life in a spiritual way and great music at the same time. And Elvis, oh my goodness, I, I, I have heard that song so many times. And, you know, God gifted him with that amazing voice and, and just that charisma, charisma. And as I watched the movie that came out about him, I'm thinking, goodness gracious, couldn't someone have gotten a hold of him and said, you know, uh, what was it, uh, Colonel Parker? I, I just, I feel, I felt bad for Elvis the whole time I watched the movie. 
Um, he was an incredible talent. So I wish someone yeah, would it, have intervened, you know? Yeah. And it, you know, um, it, it definitely, uh, you know, brought him back into the forefront. I mean, those of us of, you know, our age and, and older, you know, definitely remember him still. And, and even though I was only like four years old when he died, um, but because he still kind of grew up with Elvis, but you know, my kids, if if I hadn't been playing Elvis, they probably wouldn't know really who he is. And, and so, uh, you know, people always ask me, you know, about, you know, records, you know, what sells, what doesn't sell. And there was a, and there was a time that um, you couldn't give away an Elvis record you, for whatever reason. And, uh, but after that movie, um, there was a resurgence, you know, for his music. And now, um, you know, people, uh, you know, are, are, are starting to buy his records again and, and, and they're out there. I mean, they're not really hard to come by. There's a couple of his records that, that are a little bit more hard to come by, but most of them, they made so many of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not that hard in there and they're not expensive, but, but he was starting to become like what they call the standards, um, like Perry Como, Andy Williams, right. uh, Jim, Jim neighbors, you know, that, that people, um, you know, who are into records, um, you know, do not, you know, do not want in their collections or, or you know, you can't even mm-hmm. give them away as far as a seller is concerned. So I'm just glad to see, you know, Elvis is, is, has returned in, in many different ways. That's good. So how did you get into collecting records? I mean, was that just a hobby for you or um, what intrigued you about it? Well, it, it was one of those things because I grew up with records. Um, I, I had a small crate of records that I carried around me. And when I say small crate, you know, I'm talking maybe uh, 15, 20 records. It was like Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, and you know there were some Elvis in there. Um, and I had, and I had this really small collection that I would take with me uh, everywhere I went. And so, um, but you know, I got into CDs and cassettes like everybody else did. But there, for whatever reason, I would never let these uh, particular records go. And and whenever I was a junior or so in high school, so you're talking about early 90s there, 90 or so, 91, uh, I was working part-time and I saved up, which would have been uh, saved up quite a while because I was that was back when minimum wage was like 4.25 an hour. And um, so I oh, bought yeah. a, stereo, a Sony stereo system. I don't know if you remember this place. It was called Electric Avenue. Uh, it was out there on Frederica. Uh-huh, uh, I do. Yeah, and so I bought this Sony uh system turntable or receiver and the speakers are like furniture and uh, (laughs) they are are, huge and my wife absolutely hates them but i've I've carried them around with me from uh you know from college to apartment to apartment to my you know to my homes where i moved to and now they're in now they're in my uh in my music room at my home and uh so they're out of sight, out of mind for my wife, so she only has to see them whenever she comes down, uh, you know, to, to see me or whatever. Um, so I've had this Sony system all these years, and um, so about 10 years ago, um, I started uh, whenever I would go out to like a, a yard sale or something. That was still whenever you could, you know, f- you know, people would, you know, would sell their records, you know, for, you know, for nothing, almost give them away. Mm-hmm. And I would, and I would just start, you know, okay, I like this art. This is neat. I, I would, I would just start uh, buying these records from them, not really doing it from a collector's standpoint. I just like listening to vinyl uh, because of the nostalgia and the sentimental attachment. 
to it. And then about seven years ago, um, somebody told me about this app or, or and also a website called Discogs, and it is a uh, online database uh, for vinyl records and CDs and tapes, but more for vinyl records. And so, uh, and it's also a marketplace you can buy and sell on there as well. But I use it mainly uh, as a database. And so you can go on there and and look up the versions of a record that you find, uh, and and so you can, you know, figure out which version or which uh, reissue that I have, or is it an original? And so it, it's, it changed the way I started looking at records and collecting records. And so I got into okay, I've got this version of the record, but this is a reissue from like 10 years after it first came out. Can I find the original uh, record? And that and that's where collectors get into is they want, you know, as close to the original, if not the original, uh, that they can get. And so th that, that Discogs kind of helps uh, with that process. Okay, so how do you know if an album is authentic or a fake? And I know we only have like 30 seconds and we can continue that. Well, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the vinyl world, they have what they call unofficial pressings or bootlegs. And so... They're, they're still, they can be somewhat collectible, but that just means that they were not authorized by the owner or the person or, or company who owns the copyright to, to that record. And, and there, are, there are ways to tell whether or not they're bootlegs or they're or, or, or fakes or unofficial releases um, by just looking up uh, versions on, you know, like I said, on the Discogs. Okay, let's take a quick break right here, and we'll be back with more Shape by Faith, so everyone stay tuned. Hey. Welcome back to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. Don Wilkins, everyone knows him in Owensboro. He's a features editor for the Messenger Inquirer, but maybe what they didn't know is he is a songwriter, guitar lover, and he recently started a YouTube channel called BOE Records, a mobile and social media vinyl record channel. So that is so interesting. I love when I find out something new about someone. And uh, Don, we know you're a fantastic journalist, but now to know that you're into music and um, that's that's interesting. I loved you know that first segment, how you brought up Elvis and and your grandmother and her spiritual influence in your life. Um, let's talk about okay, so. You must have a really nice collection now. How many records do you have? It's funny because uh, I had to actually look that up uh, before we started talking because it it changes or it goes up constantly. <laughs> so uh, right now in my personal collection, um, I'm I'm pushing 520, 30 records, something like that. Um, now, whenever you ask a different question, how many do I have for sale? Uh, that's a different question. That's about 600 records. So, oh. uh, so I collect and sell, you know, at the same time. And, and it's funny because, um, as I've collected, you know, I started, of course, finding records that I already had. And then I noticed, okay, this one's pretty cheap. Uh, I can probably flip this and make money to, uh, pay for my, uh, well, I guess we'll call it what it is, an addiction, right? It could <laughs> so, be a hobby. <laughs> Music uh, is good so, for the soul, right? Yeah. So, um, so you know, so, so I found, you know, this niche where I could 
you know, not, you know, not no longer pay for it out of my own personal pocket, but make a little money on the side to, to pay for the hobby. Um, so that way, you know, my wife tolerates it a little bit more. And, uh-huh. um, but then, um, uh, over the past year, um, as I said, I have all those records. I came into a few more collections that, uh, that I purchased. And, um, so it kind of grew in beyond just a hobby. And now, you know, uh, it's a kind of a side business, uh, that I just started really back in January. And then that's where the YouTube channel came in and, uh, the other social media that I use. And, and I've started, uh, selling on what on an app called whatnot, uh, a live auction site that's, that's out there, uh, now that, you know, lets people sell whatever they're into, whether it be clothing or toys or in my right. case, vinyl. Well, okay. So Don, you said you have about 500 records that you collect and then you said you have about 600 for sale. So do you keep those like separate? I oh, mean, very much so. Yeah, very much okay. so. Yeah. I, the ones I have for sale were in, um, you know, well, they look like milk crates, but they're a little bigger, you know, buy them at, at Walmart and they fit nicely and you can carry them really easy. And cause you know, uh, records can get heavy, you know, after a while. So, uh, and you have to, you know, store them correctly or as best you can, you know, um, you know, you want to keep them in a, a heated and cooled area and you, and, and you don't want to stack them, uh, you know, on top of each other. Uh, so you want them, you know, in a crate or something like that, you know, that you can flip through and they're not just weighing on top of each other. Okay. So, so I'm curious, how do you build like a collection of all these different artists and how do you know which artists to collect and which artists not to collect? Well, you know, that's the fun thing about it is everybody, uh, every collector, you know, will have whatever they're into, um, and everything I collect, you know, is not about always value, uh, like a lot of 80s pop uh, records. You know, you can, and I, and I did a, a YouTube uh, video on this about, you know, here are some records from the 80s that you could get relatively inexpensive. And and so uh, a lot of that, because uh, I love the 80s music so, so much, it allowed me to accumulate quite a few records without having to, uh, you know, really dig deep into my pockets to do that. And, and plus these are records that are easily found if, if you know where to look and, and people, you know, and people to talk to. And, and so I was able, uh, you know, just through collections also, uh, build, build my collection through buying other people's who were just for whatever reason wanting to get rid of it or, um, you know, wanted to downsize or unload or make some fast money or whatever. Um, so, I'll get a random text every now and then and it says, Hey, you know, I know somebody has some records you're interested. And I'm like, sure. I'm always interested in records, you know? So I'll go look and see what they have. And, and if it's something that I think uh, that I, that I want personally, or that I think I could flip, you know, I'll make them an offer. And most of the time they, they take it, uh, you know, just, you know, because uh, they just, for whatever reason uh, would rather have something, you know, out of it than, you know, than nothing, you know, because of, you know, some people may just think, well, not knowing what they have, they may just think about just tossing it in in the trash. And, and that always pains me whenever I hear somebody uh, who does that. 
Right. Okay. So there must be an entire vinyl world out there that I was unaware of. <laughs> you know, when we stay in our little bubble in our lane, you just don't realize some, you know, things like that. So how much interest is there out there for vinyl records? Is there a lot or a small percentage? What would you say? Well, it, it has definitely grown, uh, especially probably for the last five years. And here in Owensboro, I describe it as a as a vinyl desert because I have, you know, I, I've run into people who are wanting vinyl, but you know, we have a couple of places around here that that will sell vinyl, like uh, used vinyl, pre-owned vinyl, whatever. Um, or you can go out to like one of these vendor malls, you know, and, and maybe you find a crate or something that one of these vendors are selling. Um, but there are no true, uh, you know, record stores here, brick and mortar record stores. You go to Bowling Green, there's like three of them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, here, not so much. And so I've, you know, I, I found success because we are a vinyl desert here. So people will come to me, you know, wanting records. And so that's where I found some of my success. And, and to be honest, uh, probably a dream of mine would be to open up my own uh, brick and mortar uh, vinyl store here someday. If it happens, great. If it doesn't. I mean, I'm fine with doing doing what I'm doing, and uh, just because the the fun of it is also the challenge of it, which is, you know, finding these old records in good condition and, um, you know, and and, and reselling them or or putting them in my in my collection, and so uh, there is a, a challenge, you know, uh, especially as more people get into it, and people, uh, you know, wanting to kind of do something similar to what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I think I remember if it's cor- if I'm saying this correctly, um, I think it was downtown Owensboro. And of course, I think there was something out at the mall. Uh, was there a disc jockey where you could go in and look or is that Waxworks or what was that? A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah. So Terry Woodward, you know, I don't know if you oh, know yeah, Terry or I not. I do. Uh-huh. But, but uh, yeah, he he owned both of those. And, and, he, and he and I have actually done some business recently. And. Uh, so he still has vinyl all around, and um, so yeah, he that's that's where uh, you know he did a lot of his uh, business in you know with you know with records, and, and if you ever uh, were to go down to his office downtown there, his his memorabilia that he has is, is unreal. Not just vinyl, but I mean he's got oh, you know yeah. you know guitars and. Um, all these things are signed by these artists, and it's it's just an amazing thing to see. But yeah, um, I remember going to Disc Jockey. It was a big deal going back when you know, our mall was a mall, and uh, going to the record store and how great that was. And you know, today's kids, you know, don't have that experience anymore. You know, which is a shame. Well, it's it was kind of neat. You just kind of hunt for things. It's like now you just cl- click online and you order it, but it's in the finding. And and I think it's so it was so interesting to do that. Even when we didn't have cell phones, I'm really dating myself. But just to wait for someone to call you. I mean, yeah, such, yeah. The world has changed. Maybe we need to bring a little bit more vinyl world back into play. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a break right here, Don. So we'll have some more time in the third segment. So. Everyone stay tuned for more Shape by Faith coming up next. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Don, you are so interesting in, I don't know, you called it obsession, addiction, whatever I call it, a hobby. Um, You are geared towards music. I mean, God placed that in your DNA. I'm not saying God said, Don, go collect all these records, but he put that 
um, in your DNA is so fascinating. Let's talk about your um, new YouTube channel, your podcast, and you call it BOE Records, right? Yep, yep. Uh, so whenever I was thinking about about a name, you know, you, as a writer, you want to think, okay, do I want to go play on words here because it would be really easy to do, and people have done it. Um, but I thought, well, how about I just, you know, I want to make it something something personal for me, and so um, I named it after my the the first uh, out of the, the first letters out of my three kids' names. So I have Ben, Olivia, and Emma, my three kids. And so I just took that and made it into uh, Bo or BOE Records. And fortunately, you know, Olivia has the O in it, so I was able to turn that into, a, you know, like a little record, um, you know, as part of my logo. And, uh, and and so that's where that came from, and um, and and it just went from there. And I thought, you know, people kept you know kept asking me kind of similar questions what what you're asking me about it. Um, and so I thought, well, how about I just create a YouTube channel, you know, not knowing where it's going to go and, and try to, uh, talk about some of these topics that, that you're, you're talking about. And, um, and so that's, this is where that idea for that, for that channel to come along. And there are other vinyl channels out there and there. And, and so I hesitated for a little bit to do it because, um, I didn't think that I had anything to offer, uh, different, but. As I thought about it, you know, everybody has a different approach, a different style, uh, things that they're interested in. And I know, so, okay, some of the things that some of these other people are doing, it, I'm not necessarily interested in that uh, part of vinyl, but there is something that I, that I can offer here. So let's try and see where it goes. And, um, you know, it, 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 the first couple episodes, uh, learning curve, you know, like anything. Sure. But, uh, but hopefully, um, you know, things have improved as it's gone on, and um, and hopefully people have noticed a little bit of a difference in, in you know sound quality production and and that sort of thing. And I have some some friends who have given me some direction who are more tech savvy than I am. That's helped along the way too. Okay, so the, um, people can find you on YouTube at B O E or yeah, what? What it, are you under? Bo Records, just B-O-E Bo Records. Records. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. You know, and it's it's a little purple logo. This is Bo Records, and um, you know, hopefully, it stands out enough. Uh, you know, where, where people uh, can easily find it. And I always encourage comments, you know, good or bad. And I know uh, whenever you put yourself out there, that's you know, that's that's part of it. And uh, you know, and, and if somebody does leave me a comment, I always try to uh, reply to it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, whether it is positive or negative, and uh, I don't think I've received any negative comments yet, but if I do, I'll, I'll certainly, uh, you know, reply to that as well. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's been fun and interesting and, um, you know, I try to do at least one a week, uh, if at all possible. And so I've got, I've got a couple of ideas. I'm getting ready to, to come into uh, a small collection of records. So I may, uh, take my, take my camera with me and, and, and document that process and then, you know, maybe talk about that uh, because I'm always getting the question, how do you find your records? Where do you find your records? Right. And, and, to, and to a degree, I mean, yeah, I'll tell people, you know, I'll go to auctions or uh, yard sales. But, you know, to a degree, as vinyl guys who especially sell, we, we, we kind of keep some of our sources close to the vest. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes. I would think you would. Yes. You don't want to give it all away, right? Because you're collecting. So. Right. And, and so. 
um, it, it's one of those things that as vinyl people, um, and I've met a lot of great people uh, who collect vinyl would do the same. And fortunately, you know, one of my, uh, I've met a, a fellow from Greece uh, who lives here in Owensboro now, and, uh, and he's a vinyl guy, and I never would have met him. Uh, if not, you know, if not for collecting records, and and so it's been fun getting getting to know him and about his background and his culture and how he got into records. Oh, so, that's yeah. neat. Okay, so do you have an album um, that's most interesting to you in your collection, and what would that be? Well, I don't know. Are you are you familiar with the the Foo Fighters at all? Yes. So. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny because like the two albums that are worth the most in my collection are Foo Fighters albums. Um, but I have a I have an original debut album of, of the Foo Fighters first album that is still sealed. Wow. And that's from 1995. And and so whenever I, I always think I used to think to myself, well, I'll, I'll never find whatever record it is because it's so rare. Well, when I came across this, I'll never say never because I never would have thought I would have found. Uh, you know, a 1995 sealed copy of this record uh, because 90s records in general are very difficult to come by. Uh, and they're, and if you do come by them, they're expensive because that's when vinyl started fading out. Uh, and there are fewer and fewer vinyl being made. And so that's why typically 90s uh, vinyl is more expensive than any other vinyl out there um, because a, an artist may have you know, uh, made millions of CDs or cassettes but only maybe 500 to 1,000 copies of the, of the vinyl uh, album uh, of it. So, um, so anyway, yeah, that is that That's is probably yeah, yeah, that is probably the, uh, the the one album that you know that I show people the most, and you know, and it's and some people into Foo Fighters, some aren't, and you know, of course, Dave Grohl, who was the drummer of Nirvana, uh, created the Foo Fighters, and and he pretty much did all the music the instruments on that first record and um so you know there's a guy uh who for whatever reason you know lightning struck twice you know because he's in he's in the rock and roll hall of fame for nirvana and the foo fighters wow that is that is very interesting um wow we could continue talking but actually our time is up and i want to uh thank you for being a guest on shape by faith and and sharing your passion um with all of us and I learned some things today that I didn't have a clue about. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, and, and I can talk about uh, vinyl records all day long. And I know you don't have all day long, so but I, <laughs> I appreciate the time you did give me. Yeah, thank you, Don, and thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more. From the cabinet doors and more studio, this.